It's easy to tune out forward-looking data that continues to look forward into whatever doesn't seem to be happening. Current statistics make it seem the economy is doing just fine, resilient even, soft landing. Yet PMIs and other forward-looking indicators continue to suggest the economy in the United States is in real trouble. But because they have been signaling that for quite some time, we just tune it out. We think, okay, if it was going to happen, it would have happened by now. But history shows that is a mistake because forward-looking data can look forward into a recessionary condition for quite a long time before we actually get to the part where everybody agrees that we're in recession. So we've got a bunch of PMI forward-looking data manufacturing as well as services again it's not just goods economy it's also the services economy that look really ugly we've also got the the numbers that are that we used that were rising and moving ahead and and somewhat better in the summertime that are rolling over into the fall and as we go into the fall it's not just these forward-looking pmis and similar that are sending really concerning signals we're getting more of them while everyone is focused on the soft landing, while everybody's had enough of these negative PMI manufacturing numbers, some of the services too, there's more evidence coming down on the side of the PMIs as the economy moves in the direction they have mapped out ahead of time. I'll give you an example from just a couple days ago. U.S. small cap and industrial stocks are dropping, typically signals of a recession. But in a year where equities have already beaten expectations, some investors are dismissing the moves as little more than noise for now. Sort of a microcosm of our show here today. The idea that we get these forward-looking signals that don't look good and we just dismiss them because of a variety of factors. Because we can't see the recession right now in every little bit of data, it must mean that we can ignore everything that has been signaling it historically validated throughout. Continuing here. The S&P 500 Industrials Index peaked on August 1st and is down about 8% since then, teetering on a correction after several major U.S. carriers, we talked about the airlines before, cut their profit outlooks for the third quarter on a sudden jump in oil prices. And it's not just oil prices, as we know, though that's a big factor here. We also have consumers that are dealing with student loans, they're dealing with oil prices themselves, more and more retailers are warning consumers are weak. So we've got this backdrop of forward-looking PMIs, manufacturing as well as services that have been saying things are moving down the wrong path and now we have get more and more confirmation even if it's not yet in the payroll report and unemployment rate that everybody would then say, oh, okay, there is a recession. History shows, as I said, take the PMIs at their word and dismiss them at your own risk. So we're going to talk about the history of some PMIs. We're going to look at where manufacturing and services are in the United States. But first, I'm Jeff. This is Eurodollar University. I do thank you very much for joining me. Eurodollar University, we have memberships as well as subscriptions available, a daily briefing, a deep dive analysis, and the memberships themselves, which are about the euro dollar system, the background behind it, what it is, what it's supposed to do, monetary theory, monetary history, how money is supposed to work in that system, maybe why it isn't working. All the details for research subscriptions as well as the memberships, that's at eurodollar.university. 
One of the oldest PMIs, or at least the data goes back as far as 1968, that's from the Philadelphia Federal Reserve. So what is that, the third district of the Fed? And its regional manufacturing survey goes all the way back uh, almost 60 years now and gives us a good, a good sample, a good apples to apples comparison of various cycles through history. What we can see when we review them, uh, even though manufacturing is no longer as big a part of the economy as it was, say, in 1960, it still is a leading indicator as well because manufacturing tells us something about overall demand and manufacturing and overall demand, discretionary spending, that tends to get hit first. So we can see the manufacturing PMI from Philadelphia get really weak even before we get close to a recession in certain cycles. In other cycles, it's coincidence. I'm thinking of 1980, 81, 82, for example. But some of these others that we're going to go through, what you'll see is exactly what I'm talking about. The PMI will send out a major warning that something is wrong in the economy. And it will send out this warning. The PMIs might turn, uh, might slow down, might turn a little bit negative, might go back and forth between negative and positive. And they'll do so many months before the recession is actually physically or officially declared, physically declared. If we can physically declare recessions, that would help too. And what I mean by that is, you know, it's not just officially declared, but it, it, it gets to the part of these recessions where everybody says, yes, this is it. And I'm also thinking about 2008 here as an example, because in 2008, we had the same problem. Third, first half of the year, everybody thought, well, the, the economy's questionable. But as we'll see in the, in the PMI data, it was only questionable until that certain point when it fell off sharply. And then everybody said, oh, yeah, we are in a recession. But let's start here. Let's go back to 1969 and 70. Again, we're using the Philadelphia Fed's uh, PMI. And what you see is, again, long before the recession hit at the end of 1969, the Philadelphia Fed got its first negative reading in January of 69, almost a year before the recession began. And then the second half of that year, the Philly Fed was bouncing around between small negatives and somewhat positive. So a little bit of a warning for many months before the recession hit at the end of 69 and into 1970. The next business cycle, 1973, 74, 75, one that we've talked about a lot, and here's the Philadelphia Fed PMI corresponding with a lot of those other economic data points that we've talked about. So you have a uh, negative in September of 73 before the oil embargo actually showed up. Rising consumer prices will do that. And then positive for the rest of 1973 and then falls off into the negatives through the first half of 74, which was a period when people were wondering if the economy was in recession. And then only later did the NBER come back and say, yes, we were in recession since late 73. And remember, as I did in a recent video, President Richard Nixon said, we will not have a recession in 1974. And then we had a recession in 74. Um, and you see, this is something else that happens in these noisy PMI data is that, you know, you can see a big jump in orders, for example, in September of 74, before the big plunge into the recession part that everybody agrees was a recession. So it's not uncommon to get a major warning. And then at some points, in some cycles, you get this bounce, this, this, this uh, data, no, volatile data that goes contrary to trend just before the big plunge. We'll see that again in a couple other examples. Next one in 1980, again, still using the Philadelphia Fed's PMI. There was a small negative early in 79, which was, I'll remind you, before Paul Volcker 
The economy was already in trouble. It was already sending warning signs out before the Fed got Volcker and the myth behind all that he did to supposedly put the economy in recession. No, the economy was already heading into recession. And we could see that here, early 79, the Philadelphia Fed's manufacturing PMI. Um, it got to be almost minus 30 by October 79. So continued to get worse almost a year in advance of the recession, which didn't begin until 1980 and many months before Paul Volcker showed up. So had you dismissed the signals in 1979, you would have thought, okay, yes, Paul Volcker must have done it with the, with the manipulations of the federal funds market. That wasn't it at all. The Philadelphia Fed, among other forward-looking data, showed that weakness had shown up much earlier in 79, long before we got to the recession in 1980. So... Let's go ahead now to 1990. And we've talked about this, especially in recent videos, recent times. The Philly Fed's PMI turned negative in May of 1989. And while new orders had turned positive late in 89, those rolled over and were negative in late 19, or early 1990 as well. So you have, again, a prolonged period of warning signs, forward-looking warnings, manufacturing in Philadelphia, the third district getting weaker, and yet the, the, um, the idea and the narrative of a soft landing was everywhere throughout 89 and 1990. And it wasn't until the middle of 1990 when everything really started to coalesce in the same manner, uh, the same direction as the PMI did, that everybody said, okay, maybe there's a recession. Of course, then they blamed it on Saddam Hussein. When we could see the weakness from the SNL crisis, the credit crunch that was developing from the year beforehand. As I've said recently too, if you're talking about a soft landing, it's already too late. And the PMIs are negative, that's another sign on top that suggests throughout history, take these PMIs and ignore them at your own risk. 2008, another really good example. You have some, some volatility, some low numbers in 2007, and then you get, for the Philly PMI, some of the other PMIs are different because we have more of the regional feds by this point. But the Philly PMI, that one turns negative in early 2008, consistent or coincident to the beginning of the Great Recession. And it stayed just around minus 15, which to most people didn't seem all that concerning. Certainly at the Federal Reserve, the soft landing narrative got out, especially after Bear Stearns. And everybody said, look, we understand manufacturing is having a little bit of trouble, but that's just related to this housing weakness. It'll all pass. But it didn't pass. And again, you see here in the Philly Fed PMI, you even get a positive number in September of 2008 for whatever reason that was before the ultimate plunge down after Lehman Brothers AIG and the rest of it. But the economy was already in a recessionary state before we even got to that point. And the Philly PMI, like a lot of the other PMIs, including the services numbers that we'll get to in just a minute, those were saying the economy was in rough shape, recession shape, where, long before we got to the point in the fall of 2008 where everybody agreed, yes, that was a recession. So they had sent the warnings that the entire economy, not just manufacturing, was in trouble. And we've seen this again in 2022 and 2023. According to the Philadelphia PMI, that turned negative in June and July last year, but has been steadily negative since last September. And so here we have an entire year of negatives, apart for last month, which I'll talk about in a second. 
So entire year of Philly PMI and Empire and all the regional feds, not to mention S&P Global, the forward-looking numbers that are below 50 for S&P Global and ISM that are negative for the regional fed numbers, and everybody just ignores them because here we are in September 2023, and the mainstream is only talking about a soft landing. The hard data, or the so-called hard data, looks relatively steady and resilient, and we've been hearing about these PMIs enough. Enough is enough already. If there was going to be a recession, it would have would have shown up. Or it would have happened by now. But again, history shows that it it doesn't work that way. That these PMIs can be negative for a long time before it actually happens. Before the business cycle becomes visible enough that we all agree that we're in a recession. And it's not about what's going on today. A lot of these are forward looking, including the Texas Manufacturing Survey from the Dallas Fed. That one came out just yesterday. And the Dallas Fed, which is more of an outlook survey than more of the others, the PMI itself is an outlook survey. That one was minus 18.1 for September, down a little bit from minus 17.2, but again, steadily negative across the Texas outlook survey. And again, it's easy to just dismiss it and say, well, if we were gonna have a recession, it would have shown up by now. But some of the comments from the Texas manufacturers, those are worth going over, including the fact that they reference China, because China is a big theme, not just for the economy, uh, the global economy today, but what, that, what that's going to mean going forward. Uh, the China's, uh, one comment from Texas, China's economic woes are believed to be much worse than reported. No kidding. Just check CNY driving down exports while internal pressures on building and construction, automotive and general merchandise through inflationary pressures, and particularly the cost of financing, is slowing growth domestically. As a basic materials company, this is hitting us on all fronts and slowing business dramatically. And that's really globally synchronized, succinctly summed up in a single Texas comment. Here's another one, though. This is from computer and electronic product manufacturing. China remains very weak with no uptick post-COVID. Again, CNY told us that all along. All markets have weakened except auto, which has built inventory the last quarters. We expect that market to roll over too. So that's not great either. And you can just continue one after another after another. Again, forward-looking comments that are still negative after all this time. So I mentioned services. Let's look at the services PMI. The, the regional feds put out a couple of them. Let's talk about Texas since we started Texas. And let's also talk about Chicago, the Midwest, the Texas services PMI, the business activity index minus 8.6, which is not a good number, obviously. That's down from minus 2.7 in August. And it had been much more negative earlier in this year, 2023. But that doesn't mean things are getting better. That just means that once we fall off and get into this recession or pre-recessionary state, I think it's recessionary state, then we can bounce around a little bit in it, whether when it becomes a little bit less recessionary, a little bit more recessionary as we're seeing now. It's a common, it's a common occurrence, including what we've, we've talked about numerous times this year already, where we had the big downturn, the disinflation led to a little bit of a little, little, uh, let some of the pressure off, and then rolling over again where we are today. Texas services, you see that. The future business activity index, which was positive for the couple months in the summer, that just turned negative in September too. It had been 4.4 in July, 
plus 3.9 in August, and now minus 3.4. Again, outlook rolling over. As we went into the downturn, we got a modest uptick with disinflation and now rolling over again. We see that but to a much lesser extent in Chicago. The Chicago, the Chicago Fed survey of economic conditions and specifically its non-manufacturing activity index. The Chicago Fed's non-manufacturing activity index has been really ugly for most of this year. The number for September, minus 26.4. That's down a fraction from minus 25.9 in August and had been as high, as high, as minus 18.2 in July. And it had been minus 50-something in June. So again, you see the big downturn, a little bit of a summer bounce, and now we're back questionable rolling over all over again. Services as well as manufacturing, forward-looking, not necessarily the data that shows up in, say, retail sales or the payroll reports today. Those are merely slowing down, but slowing down to what? To what destination? That's what everybody wants to know, and that's why we look at these forward-looking numbers. So we see the payroll reports slow down and Jay Powell says it's going to stop slowing down in a soft landing. When we look at the PMIs and we look back through history of the PMIs and we see we should not discount these warnings even if they come many, many months before the time when we all agree we're in recession. We've got the slowdown. We've got the forward-looking numbers. We've got manufacturing and services both in that shape and everyone's convinced about the soft landing. If you want to see a video I just did with Mr. Stephen Van Maynard recently on some of the other forward-looking numbers, check out the video link below me. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Huge thank you, Eurodollar University subscribers, and of course, our Eurodollar University members, some of whom you see scrolling next to me. And until next time, take care.